Three, two, one. Great. I did, a, <laughs> I did a snap, not a clap. Like, I did a snap are, as well. Are, are you going to be able to hear it? My claps are stronger. I mean, the snap, I'm sure it was great. We're in separate okay. places. If you're just listening to us and not watching, we are in separate places, which does not usually happen when we do the podcast. And the reason for that is one of us has COVID and the one of us is me. <laughs> and it's upsetting. <laughs> we'll get to the whole story. But I'm feeling much better. No one worry about me. Don't send me flowers. <laughs> I don't make, worry, I feel don't like, worry, Matt Palmer. I did not get you flowers. <laughs> I feel like I am made. Like I've gone through the worst of it. Like day two of having it post me finding out I was positive was the worst. And then ever since then, it's kind of just felt like, oh, I have a cold, and I just have to stay away from my boyfriend because he has never tested positive yet. He has been negative this whole time. We separated very early on in my knowing, and you know. It is what it is. Well, you know what? I am very grateful because now we can have a podcast where like, we have this lighting in my living room, and baby, I look great. <laughs> I love that that's the plus side of this for you. I look great. I look 17 again. Why don't you? You don't think you look great in my room and the fucking podcast? I do. Room? It's just like a different feel. It's a little fuzzier. It's a little more like Mariah in that Hallmark movie for me. <laughs> like, that's what I see, at least, when I'm looking at myself. I look great in this light. <laughs> You so look great. I and you do. I do. I, so I don't know. Maybe it's a personal problem. I guess we're just going to have to be split from now until the end of time. <laughs> I guess so. This is just how the podcast goes from here on out. <laughs> I'm never seeing him again. This episode of Two Gay Mats is brought to you by Liquid IV. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that is powered by CTT. Really easy. Just put the powder in, mix it with water, and it works two times faster than just drinking water alone. Yes. And it has three times the amount of electrolytes than any other sports drink. And the flavors are great. I've tasted four flavors so far. Lemon, lime, Matt Palmer Lemon Lime's my shed We love it Passion fruit The apple kombucha Which I love kombucha Iconic And the vitamin C The uh, one that gives you A good immunity And I thought all of the flavors Were great And I've gotta tell you I just went to Vegas To a friend's bachelorette party And uh, someone brought A liquid IV with them And before we went out For a big party night I had a liquid IV Drank a lot that evening And woke up Sans hangover And I think there's Nothing better than that well, And you look great too I think you, you look, look great too Thank you I'm very hydrated. And that makes all the difference, doesn't it? So if you want Liquid IV for yourself, go to the website and uh, use promo code 2 mats T-W-O, no spaces, and you'll get 20% off your purchase and free shipping. Sounds like a plan to me. You gotta do it. Get in with Liquid IV. You're gonna love it. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to 2Game Mats. It's Matt Palmer. And it's Matt Steele. And yes, it's true. The rumors that have been going around <laughs> are true. I was the I one that un- called TMZ, actually. <laughs> I knew it was you. They were yeah. outside my house trying to take pictures of the home. I do have COVID. I oh. will tell everyone. And this is the first time I've had it since 2020. I clearly am very vaccinated. I am boosted. I have the new booster that's like all-encompassing, which is maybe why I can still podcast with you tonight, because I don't feel that horribly bad. I'm excited to be out of quarantine and in the world, but uh, just so we can understand how we got here. Let me set the scene. It was Wednesday night. We Uh. were making what we were going to make for Jackson's family Thanksgiving. Uh, I was making the dressing. This is a long process, arduous process, making the dressing. I also made a couple sweet potato pies. We had gotten a ham, gotten some beans, because we were also having a Friendsgiving on Friday. Thursday morning rolls around. I wake up with a little tickle in the throat, just a little tickle. 
And I'm like, you know what? We have some COVID tests lying around. We're going over to Jackson's family's house, wherever there are people of all ages. I need to, just for safety's sake, take a COVID test before we go. I that take is it very like, responsible of you. Thank you very much. And it was just like, I just... I wouldn't have done it probably if it was just me and Jackson or just us and a couple of young people. But the fact that I felt a little sick and it was with people of different ages, I was like, I want to be as safe as possible. And I literally did it thinking, oh, I'm so great. This is going to be nothing. It's going to be not a deal at all. I put the little droplet in after doing all of the steps and walk away for a bit. And I come back like not even 15 minutes later, maybe like, I don't know, six minutes later. I'm like, wait, there's a a light line already. (laughs) And I had never seen that. I'm always, and the thing is, they always say on the instructions, if there's a light line, it's positive, like you have it, good luck and like get inside. And I was like, wait, (laughs) there's a light line. And I was like, well, maybe it'll go away by the 15 minutes. (laughs) I was trying to be I'm the exception. I was. I was like, this is going to go away at the 15 minute mark. Nothing counts until 15 minutes. And of course, by 15 minutes, it was like a dark red. (laughs) I was like, are you fucking kidding me with this? I have now it was, moved. It was the dark. It was the it was dark red as Taylor Swift's lips, baby. Exactly. This is the maroon she was talking about on the that maroon song. kiss of death. <laughs> and I just was like, "Are you?" I had moved to the other side of the apartment at ja- from Jackson at this point. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me with this?" I just couldn't believe it. I called everyone I had seen recently. I, we went to some friends' houses on Tuesday. We saw friends on Sunday. I saw a friend on Saturday and I just was like, just FYI, I just tested positive. If you need to test yourself just in case, if you're going XYZ. And the thing about it is no one, Matt Steele included, has it. No one that I had seen in that time has it, thought they had it, whatever, whatever. But from my sleuthing, (laughs) I would say... the sleuthing? (laughs) The sleuthing is I was with Janie and also with Ro and his uh, girlfriend Melanie on Sunday that day I saw you we were in very close proximity and you were complaining about your nasal dryness (laughs) you were telling us I don't feel well I don't feel fully myself xyz and I was like okay all right it truly didn't even cross my mind at that point but once I started feeling a little odd and a little out of myself I was like the only person that I've been with like maskless in such a close proximity that's not Jackson because and who does not have it by the way is Matt Steele and I feel like by the time you tested because when did you test after I told you you tested like Saturday or something after I told you I tested Saturday no okay. no 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 I tested Friday uh, you tested Friday yes I tested the day I tested the Saturday before I podcasted at your place oh you did I did yes because I was like well like I'm not experiencing like specifically COVID symptoms right but, like I'm still just gonna test and then that was my last test that I had uh, I tested negative and so I was like oh great and so then after you tested positive I was like oh fuck this is all my fault because it has to be me <laughs> Because, okay, I was experiencing extreme dry, just like dryness. And it was just like, oh, this is so like uncomfortable and irritating and everything. And then for 
two days, I was experiencing extremely dry skin. Like my mm. lip, my lips. This was probably this was after podcasting with you. Like my lips were chapped and like, no. which they never are. Like I'm never like I'm too oily actually. And so the fact <laughs> that I was dry was just like, oh god, what's happening to me? I'm, I'm decomposing. And so then uh, a couple days after that, I was experiencing really uh, bad sinus pressure for a day, mm. like right up in here. I wasn't congested, yes. but it was just like the pressure and like my eyes were watering, and all of those signs point to like the allergies from the Santa Ana winds that Mm -hmm. are coming this time of year. But (laughs) you know how COVID affects everybody different. Like yesterday, COVID symptoms were flu, chills, cough. Tomorrow, they're going to be, you grow a third toe. (laughs) So honestly, it could have been COVID and I just like (laughs) didn't know. Uh, So if it was, I'm sorry that I ruined your Thanksgiving. But also... No one who I was around uh, got COVID. But like, so. I couldn't have gotten it in a vacuum unless, I mean, I yeah. go to the gym, but I'm wearing a mask the whole time. Maybe like someone unmasked was close enough to me to give it to me. I don't know. But with, long story short, I have it. It's fine. I'm coming out of it. Jackson, this whole week has been, we have a separate guest room, thank goodness. And we've been separated. I've been in the bedroom, kind of locked away. I've been wearing an N95 mask anywhere outside of the apartment that's not this office or the bedroom. And so we're just doing the best we can. And he's doing well, which is the goal. The goal was like, I don't want him getting sick. I don't want other people getting sick. If I'm going to have COVID at a point, I'm glad it happened after all of these vaccinations, all of the boosters. And I'm glad it wasn't so bad so far. It's like, I'm glad I'm feeling okay. But man, oh man. That was just a surprise. That just yeah. was not what I was planning for that day of Thanksgiving. I, I think I discovered what actually happened and how you got it. Oh, what is that? Jackson was sick of your ass. And <laughs> he was like, I'm going to inject Matt Palmer hmm. with, with COVID while he's sleeping. This doesn't so sound. <laughs> I can have a week alone. He did it. And that's why he didn't get it. I'd, I mean, this is quite the thought. I mean, <laughs> I don't we all the... know by now that Jackson's a monster. I don't think that's true. He has been nothing but lovely to you. So <laughs> Jackson, Jackson is literally the, like one of the top five nicest people I know. So I, I don't I mean, foresee what, this. I, but... I assume I'm top five, yes. Uh, you'd, be, you'd be top 500. All right. Thank you. I'll take that. Uh, so Matt Steele, how was your week? <laughs> My week was very nice. Yes. I, uh, I saw a movie on Tuesday. I spent Thanksgiving with Travis's parents, uh, oh, which, wow. was, which was very nice at, at their place. Uh, we had a, a lovely Thanksgiving there. I got to meet his brother. And uh, then I, after that, I went to my friend Derek's for like a hot second because mm-hmm. uh, he had some people and I just wanted to like pop in and pop out. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I had a, a, a very eventful week, but also Matt Palmer, yes. not to make this about me, okay. but I also was diagnosed with something this week. Oh Lord, here we go. What was it? I went to the doctor and he told me that I have a ganglion cyst on my hand. What does that mean? <laughs> what is a ganglion cyst, you ask? Uh-oh. It yeah, is, what does that mean? Yeah, what is that? It is. Like, I, I looked it up online. And from what I gather, it's like the juices from your joints in your hand, like some of it, like, escapes. And it forms like a, a bubble, like a cyst thing on your hand. Can you see and, it? Like, if I looked at your hand, would I see a bubble? Yeah, I'm showing you right now. 
Oh, Lord. My yeah. And it, how long has it like, been there? Well, okay. Probably like two months ago, I was discovering that like when I was brushing my teeth, I'm left-handed. So like I was like, you know, brushing my teeth with my left hand. Now there's footage of me online like going like this. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> when I was brushing my teeth, I would be like, oh, like it hurts when I hold my toothbrush. Uh, mm. Like it feels like there's a bruise on my hands. That's weird. And so like after two weeks of that, I started noticing I'm developing like a little hard bump, like purple bump on my hand. And it started to like hurt. Like it felt like my hand was bruised. Uh, oh, no. and, now it, and it's gotten bigger, but like it doesn't hurt anymore. Uh, That's good. Yeah. So like it, the doctor was just like, it'll go away on its own. And if it doesn't, let me know. And then we can like drain it or whatever. Uh, uh-huh. So yeah. And I've just discovered like when you get old, shit just starts growing on you. I mean... Yes, I think if nothing else that we've learned this week is that we've all gotten old <laughs> and like we thought we'd be able to just float through life without having problems. And at a certain age, that's not how things work. <laughs> it's <laughs> horrible. Un- like know. you wake up and you discover something new about your body and you're like, well, I guess this is the way it is from now on. <laughs> I know. Just nothing but COVID and, and cysts. COVID and cysts. I mean, that's a very gross title, but I could possibly title this episode COVID and cysts. <laughs> Or well, cysts and COVID. Is that better? I mean, both are gross. <laughs> should we jump into the news for idiots? Let's go into the news for idiots. I feel like it was a holiday weekend, so the press was not on it, because there aren't that many news stories of note. But Quentin Tarantino is saying that Marvel actors aren't movie stars, and that Captain America is the star, not Chris Evans. The question was, did Marvel kill the movie star? And Quentin says, part of the Marvelization of Hollywood is, you have all these actors who become famous playing superheroes, but they're not movie stars, Right. Captain America is the star, or Thor is the star. Which I have to ask you, Matt Steele, as a person who, you know, is much more into movies, much more of the cinephile than me. Uh, what is the obsession with the age of movie stars? Like, I feel like it's, it was cool. Like, it was cool that people would go to a movie just to see Julia Roberts or George Clooney or Tom Cruise or whatever. But, like, I feel like movie folks are so like obsessed with that time and the idea of just like, I can make my movie as bad as I want. If I throw Julia Roberts in it, people will see it. Like, is that a good thing? Like, why do we miss that so much? And it's not, of course I'm not a Marvel head, but I feel like I hear this argument every six months and I don't fully understand what I'm missing about it. Yeah. So as the cinephile, I can tell you, I am fully on your team with this. I do (laughs) not understand the obsession with like the idea of a movie star. Like when people talk about Tom Cruise and they're like, but he's the last movie star. I'm like, okay. Like I've, (laughs) you know, different people like different things for different reasons. I'm not taking it away. If you loved the movie star era, like there are some people who are huge movie fans who are just love the golden age of Hollywood. And while I can enjoy the golden age of Hollywood, that's not like my bread and butter. That doesn't excite me. So like the idea of like a movie star does not thrill me. Mm. Um, And so you know, I, I understand. I understand Quentin Tarantino's uh, position in that, in you know, in terms of just like franchises and the marvel of a monopoly of it all, uh, okay. and how frustrating that is. But when it comes to like there being no more like movie stars or like oh, this is the reason why people are seeing movies. Uh, it's not that the specific actors anymore. Like that doesn't hurt my heart. Um, right. 
yeah, I, and I've never felt that. Like, I've never seen a movie just because someone I love is in it. Like, I've always wanted to see a movie because the story looks really interesting or right. because I really like the director attached to it or something like that. Like, I am the biggest Carol Channing fan on the planet. I love her more than life itself. She is my favorite performer. I'm not going to go out of my way to watch her episodes of The Love Boat. <laughs> <laughs> like I, because I'm just I like, mean, oh yeah, it's it's not what attracts me to her like that right. those specific things. So, um, but then of course it it created all the discourse online where the Marvel heads came out of the woodwork and started screaming about Martin Scorsese again and Martin Scorsese Oof. just like the Nene leaks meme where she's like, now why am I in it? I didn't even say nothing. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so all of that discourse just popping up on my timeline again. It's just like, oh, yeah, it's been a couple weeks. It just it's, feels it's, like there must be something else to talk about, right? For real. Like, come on, guys. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So it doesn't really – I really don't have a position on this. And you mm. know what? I, I don't think it is just the franchises that destroyed the movie star. I think a lot of it was actually social media mm. um, because – a reason why people were so obsessed with movie stars and, oh, I'm going to the movies because I just love Audrey Hepburn or I just love this movie star um, is because back, you know, in the day, mm -hmm. it was hard to find stuff of like footage of your favorite actors. Like you had to right. go to the movies to see it. Now everyone is on social media or there, there's so much more press. There's so many more like entertainment news outlets that celebrities are going on every single day. Like we're just being inundated with more. And the fact that there are more celebrities is just shows, yeah. you know, the market is so saturated with people. Like there really can't be movie stars because there are so many stars in some capacity, you know? Right. Um, so, so I think that is also a reason uh, as to why there aren't really movie stars in the way that we used to think about them. I could see that. That makes sense to me. And I just, I hope that, you know, all of the film Twitter people out there and the people on your timeline, Matt Steele, just like think of something else to talk about. Because even from the outside looking in, I'm bored. <laughs> I'm bored. Like we've talked, we've talked about this so much. There's got to be something else. To death. To de yes. And, you know, I'm always one to, like, take Scorsese or Tarantino's side when it comes to that mm. argument. Because, like, I'm not a Marvel head. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that people enjoy them. But, like, I do think, you know, the Scorsese's and the Tarantino's do always bring up valid points when it comes to franchised films. Uh, because it is a problem that there sure. is such a monopoly on the film industry with those movies. Uh but, but yeah, when it comes to this topic specifically, I it's can't say enough. that I have much to say. Yeah. And Fair. I think it, and I think it's good that people are seeing movies because they like the topic at hand more so right. than just like, oh, I like this celebrity, you know? Well, you know a celebrity who I don't like? Chris Brown. Uh, and I wish that Kelly Rowland and Jordan Sparks agreed with me. For whatever reason, there was Chris Brown was going to perform a Michael Jackson tribute on the American Music Awards, and I heard he got yanked very um, close to the performance because they, like, people who were putting on the American Music Awards just figured out that he was a domestic abuser, or just figured out that there were multiple things that happened post the Rihanna incident against women, and I'm like, how 
did you not do your research? And how did you not know that? Like, it feels like that's common knowledge. But when he won an American Music Award that night, he got booed. And Kelly Rowland, who I just spent like 15 minutes on the last podcast saying good things about, told the audience to chill out. And um, excuse me, chill out. I wanted to thank Chris so much for making great R&B music. I want to tell him thank you for being an incredible performer. I'll bring it to you. I love you. Uh and then, like, I feel like she followed it up with additional comments. Jordan Sparks spoke out in defense of Chris Brown, saying X, Y, Z. I don't even know what her reasoning was. It's about his talent. And it's like, guys, please do not get swallowed up in the media firestorm of, like, let's rehabilitate Chris Brown's image. It was so long ago since the Rihanna thing, X, Y, Z. Because you can see documented events that he has been a part of, domestic violence issues, the fact that Karuchi still has a restraining order against him. Like, this is not a changed person. This is not as much as everyone loves to hope everyone has grown and changed since their awful incident. Most of the time, that's not the case, especially if you are rich and powerful. And the fact that this has been a pattern for him. This has happened multiple times with people less famous than Rihanna, because again, most people are less famous than Rihanna. But we just want to step aside and we want to welcome back, welcome him back into like the Hollywood A-list with open arms just because he's talented. Which, by the way, talented, he does a lot of flips up and down on stage. Like, I'm not blown away. I don't know. I feel like this is a weird place for Kelly Rowland and Jordan Sparks to really hang their hats on. And it's just disappointing to see. Yeah, and, you know, I am all about, like, oh, I want to help this person see the light and get better and rehabilitate themselves if they are going through a hard, difficult moment, whether it be mental illness or some addiction or something like that right. that, is, that caused them to have an incident like he had with Rihanna. Hmm. But the fact that it is a pattern and that it continues to happen is the problem. If this was an isolated incident where he was going through some sort of horrible thing mentally and everything and what happened to Rihanna happened, but then as the years went on, you can tell he is a rehabilitated person and has never done it again. Then it's like, okay, you know, he was going through something horrible there. Rihanna forgave him. You know, I, I would have less strong feelings about about this, but it's the fact that it continues to happen. And I know. Like, that's what's so frustrating that it's like, what's not clicking? Like, what are you not right. understanding? And the thing that is so crazy to me is like, Chris Brown, it was only famous for a short period of time right. before the Rihanna thing happened. It's not yes. like this man had decades of legacy ahead of him. And then suddenly this, it's not like Bill Cosby where it's right. like, where, you know, people had such a hard time wrapping their heads around this because he had decades of being so beloved and being such a trailblazer and everything. And then recently it, all this stuff comes to light and, you know, people are trying to grapple with that emotion, like mentally and emotionally. It's not like that. It's like Chris Brown was famous for like how many years? Like three, (laughs) three. I want to say three, three. It's not like he has this huge legacy that people are, trying to defend like yeah he had some great songs and was a talented guy but it's not worth it like now he is has been known as an abuser longer than he was known before he was known to be an abuser you know so much longer it's just yeah I feel like it's enough it's just a weird thing to really go to bat for there are so many underrated artists who don't get the opportunities that they should have that you could really be speaking out for and like throwing your support behind and Chris Brown's not not it so 
Um, apparently, Avatar 2 is so expensive that it has to make over $2 billion at the box office just to break even. And I assume, I is that fucking <laughs> love it. <laughs> Why do you James, love that? James Cameron is a psychopath, and I love everything about him. Like, why, do, why do you love it? Like, it's so strange to me. Why? Because this just seems like a bad business decision. Why? Because, because the balls. The balls. He, because it's just like, you know what? He is going to put out what he wants. To, he is going to fight for his art and to get what he wants to do with this movie. And he's like, money be damned, girl. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> proud of you. All you, right. You, like apparently he like someone uh, said that the movie shouldn't be uh, as long as it is, and he told them to get the fuck out of his office. It's like fuck yes, I love it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're excited about it. Um, I just want to report on this. I don't know much about these people, but as someone who follows reality TV and has avoided Chris Lee knows best for my entire life, apparently Todd and Julie Chrisley have been sentenced uh, to in prison for tax evasion, tax evasion, excuse me. And Todd Chrisley has been sentenced to 12 years in prison and Julie Chrisley has been sentenced to seven, which is very real time for this couple that was very famous on reality TV. If I were Jen Shaw on the Housewives of Salt Lake City, I would be nervous because in my opinion, when you have these high profile cases of these reality TV stars, a lot of the times the people, the judge wants to make an example out of you and be like, see people out there, don't follow these reality show people, don't be like them. And so you're going to get a big, long sentence. So I, I had no idea that it was possible to get a sentence that long for tax I know. evasion. Like, I know. How, how much do you owe? They must <laughs> like, owe so much. They must be. And the thing is, and again, I say this and every time I realize it's because people are so thirsty for fame, it clouds their mind. But like, if you are doing tax evasion to that level, why go on a reality show? Why stay on a reality show? You're so publicly in everyone's faces with all of this money that you know you've gotten in ways that are not legal. Like, just get off the show. Like, that feels like the thing number one. Get off the show. Get out of the country. Like, like do what you need to do to keep yourself out of jail for 12 years. Truly, like, you must. And like pay some like like did you like okay if you're gonna do tax evasion not that I recommend it please do not <laughs> do tax evasion but like do tax gonna, evasion of course <laughs> like you're gonna you're gonna do that much where like if you get sentenced it's gonna be twelve damn years like like girl girl it's that's bad. crazy all right and this is just you know it kind of highlights the fact that we don't have a lot of news this week but. Mariah looks great on the cover of W Magazine's Hollywood, uh, Holiday 2022 issue. She looks great on the cover. There are pictures all throughout that were reposted by Ariana Grande in which she captioned, I'm faint, <laughs> which I loved. And there's one picture especially that is very much Mariah hearkening back to the Daydream cover shoot. Did you see that, Matt Steele? Where she's I wearing like, it's like a black button down, like pajama set looking thing. That's very much the Daydream cover. And it's just like, oh, icon, icon, icon. I can't wait. I don't even know if we talked about the fact that her Madison Square Garden show is going to be a CBS special this Christmas. So December 20th, everyone watch that. Merry Christmas to all. She says that she is going to be performing Christmas material she's never performed before. I'm hoping that means Miss You Most at Christmas time, which is a great song. Um, but yes, she looks amazing. No news really from the article, but she looks amazing. And I think we and should talk about it. <laughs> is this, is this even news? Because like, who's shocked <laughs> that she looks amazing? I mean, it's yeah. just nice to have more 
evidence of what I've known for my entire life. <laughs> I, loved her, I loved her umbrella at the Thanksgiving Day Parade performance. Oh my gosh, I loved that as well. The little parasol. She barely moved, lip synced the whole time. Like everyone does, by the way. Oh my god, the Broadway people were if anyone was complaining about Mariah Carey lip syncing at the Thanksgiving Day Parade literally the Broadway people were doing it. Leah Michelle was lip syncing. Like don't act like you're above it, like you're gonna sing live in that negative two degree weather at eight o'clock in the morning, kids. It's like when people were mad at Beyonce for lip lip syncing the national anthem somewhere, and it's like that's literally what she had to do. At the inauguration. Oh yes, that is where it was. Yeah. Well, what she had to do. Um, okay, let's see if there's other things that we need to talk about. You see, Brandy's going to be Cinderella in a new Descendants movie for Disney Plus. I did throwing She's it back. A, I love that. We all know how we feel about Brandy Cinderella. Um, I don't want to talk about Julia Fox. <laughs> um, Letitia Wright called out the Hollywood Reporter. Apparently, there's like a new article um, called "How." about how uh, personal baggage can impact Oscar chances. And the writer mentions Letitia Wright alongside Will Smith, Brad Pitt, Roman Polanski, and Woody Allen. And she did not take kindly to that because basically what Letitia Wright was like, quote unquote, canceled for, like, you know, raked over the coal store by me, was like spreading misinformation about vaccinations and like what happens there. She apparently apologized. I may have missed the apology. But her point in her, like her, um, she wrote a big block on her Instagram story. And her point was essentially what these people have done is like sexual misconduct and like violent acts. These are people who have not taken accountability for their actions. And the whole Brad Pitt of it all, I feel like what he has done is not even, has kind of been swept over. Like I feel like that whole issue with Angelina Jolie, people are just not discussing it because they like him so much. And as much as I would give Letitia Wright shit for were you vaccinated because the question still stands, she's right. What she did and what they did are very different things and they should not be lumped together. Mm. And if she has an apology and all these men don't, why are we grouping them all together, putting them on the same plane as if it's the same thing? When it's yeah. And, and like I, I get what the news source was doing. Like they, they were like, okay, the, the big movie that's out right now is Wakanda Forever. So I'm going to put right. her image on it. So because that will be the most relevant uh, thing. Right. But like... Come on, news source. Like that's that's that is a a stretch, and that is very much not fair, especially because she has issued an apology and like right. <laughs> the men accused of these things like did not. Yes, no, not at all. Um, and I mean, this is more for me. Raven and SK from Love Is Blind broke up. This is mostly a follow up to Durga's email last week, but. I'm pretty sure I gave SK like positive reactions because he's like came across very lovely on the show. And in the past week, it's come out that he was like cheating on Raven this whole time when they had gotten back together post engagement. And so they announced their breakup via Instagram story as one does. And it's just sad. I liked them together. And I thought SK came across well on the show, even though it seems like he's a little shadier than uh, I was expecting him to be. Well, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry for my loss, too, because it was sad. Okay? I was rooting for those, too. Um, Irene Cara? Cara? I don't know how to say her last name. The Oscar-winning star of fame and chart-topping singer of Flashdance, What a Feeling, and Out Here on My Own, has passed away at 63. I cannot believe this. Um, She began acting in stage, TV, and film as a teenager in 1970s, notably in the cult film Sparkle, but everything changed, of course, when fame came out. It seems like this... Like, Irene inspired so many people. Fame was such a huge thing for so many people. And 63 is not old. Like, I 
no, it's not our business. And like maybe the family is not ready to come out with it. I just can't. It just felt out of nowhere. And like I just learned so much about her through uh, Mariah's memoir where she devotes such a long time to her and covered out here on my own so beautifully. And it just is terrifying that so recently Irene was like reposting that and saying like, oh, thank you so much for the shout out. You're a beautiful singer and songwriter and I'm happy to have inspired you. And now she's gone. It's just very sad. It is really sad. I mean, like, she was such an icon. I believe she is the very first black woman to win an Oscar that was for something other than acting. I think that's correct. Uh, I read that. Yeah, when when she won the Oscar. Well, the the song Fame won the Oscar for Best Song, but I don't think she... Uh, she was not a writer on that, so mm. she, I don't think she got an Oscar. But she wrote for What a Feeling from Flashdance, and that did win uh, an Oscar as well. So she wow. got that Oscar. And so, and her performance in Fame is just so iconic. It's it's just such an emblem of 1980. Like when I think of the early 80s, I think of Irene Cara in Fame performing yeah. that song. And just her voice, it goes without saying, her voice was great. Her songwriting abilities were just so good. Obviously, she inspired Mariah Carey. Uh, So I was really sad when I I heard this news like late into the night. And I was just like, I got to go to bed. (laughs) I mean... You sound like me. When something bad happens, you got to go to bed sometimes. Truly. You got to go to bed. Like, that's just too sad. Yeah. So we oh, love you, Irene. We love you, Irene. Love you. Know, love to all our friends and family. All we the fans are thankful out there. for you this Thanksgiving. Absolutely, we are. Yeah, uh, Matt Steele. Are there any other news for idiots that you'd like to share with the people? I don't think so, Matt Palmer. Okay. Yes, I'm, thank- I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you as well. We're not done with the show. You're acting like we're wrapping it up. <laughs> I know, but you just break. got me thinking about death, and I'm just like, I'm thankful for him. I'm thankful for you as well. (laughs) Absolutely. We're going to take a break and then we'll be back with more 2K Mats, the podcast. All right, guys, we are back. We have all of our things running. My tabs on my computer are going insane with the (laughs) hookup I have here, but we are going to do email my heart, which is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of email my heart. If you email us at 2gaymats at gmail.com, two is spelled T-W-O, or if you are consuming this podcast on YouTube, you can leave a comment below and be like, hey, this is a question for email my heart. Answer it or I will unsubscribe. Please don't unsubscribe. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so we did get an email, an email from uh, our dear friend Frankie. Hi, Frankie. Who says, make room, California. Hey, Matt. First, I would like to wish you both a happy holidays. Mariah's Christmas concert at Madison Square Garden will be available on streaming services later next month. So I know you'll both be watching, right? LOL. Anyways, here's my question. What advice would you give to someone, me, who, someone, in parentheses, me, who (laughs) is considering making the big move to LA for the first time? I'm originally from Connecticut, but I currently live in Maryland. I do photography on the side, but I would love to expand on that more in an area with way more opportunities. Opportunities, uh, mm. Frankie. We, Frankie, me and Matt Palmer and Frankie go way back. I think like Absolutely. Frankie and his friend Charnel would watch Two Gay Mats, and they had a podcast of their own called "What About Your Friends," and we were a guest on that. And and they are amazing. And so to hear that Frankie might be coming to LA is exciting. Absolutely and, it is. And for those of you, uh, all of you need to know actually that Frankie is an amazing photographer. You can follow him at underscore box guy on yes. Instagram. He takes pictures of very handsome gentlemen, I must say. <laughs> 
okay. It's, I'm sure it's about the photography and not the model. So it's, it's not it's just about, about the light, the lighting and the atmosphere yes. and everything. But you know, the model inspires. Sure. So I would say do it. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's great <laughs> advice, but I feel like if nothing else, you can come to LA, try to find your footing, see if you like the situation. If nothing else, you're going to love the weather. You're going to love the climate. And like you said, I feel like there's so many actors everywhere you turn that all those people need photographers. People need a headshot. I think it makes sense to be here for that. And, you know, I feel like you also have a soft place to land back home if it doesn't work out, if it doesn't feel like a place for you. But I feel like there's a very... Uh, achievable way of making a life for yourself out here as an artist and just a person with the community. There's just so many different types of people here, types of communities you could find yourself within. I don't know. I'm all for taking the leap. Yes. And this is no shade to everyone in LA, but everyone in LA is desperate. <laughs> desperate for for free photographs of themselves for them to put on their Instagrams. Because well, no, everyone- I- why would be Frankie be working for free? Well, no, no, not like free, but like, you know, like if Frankie were to reach out to them and be like, hey, I'm a photographer, like they, they, they'll be like, hey, I need pictures. And sure. Like, and, then, and, then, and then Frank and Frankie will send his rates. Like I am <laughs> all about Frankie getting money for his talent, for his gift. And yes, of course. Yes. Yes, of course. I, I didn't. Sorry, I, I, I just meant that they were desperate for like some sort of someone like reaching out, being like, "I love you, I love your look, and everything." But Frank, Frank, yeah, give them the rates. Yes, girl. give them the rates. Do what you uh, gotta but, do, but like people want their picture taken. Is it's all true. I'm saying. Reach Especially, out to everybody. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah, all and right. You're, you're gonna have a great time. The weather's lovely. There's so much to do in all the different pockets, different neighborhoods, and everything. So you'll have a great time. Um. Yes, and I feel like we got a couple of questions during the break on the uh, live stream here. There was one question about the uh, White Lotus theme song and why it's such a bop, and I agree with you. I never fast-forward through it. It, like, starts out very similarly to the first season one where there's kind of, like, percussive, like, human vocal-sounding samples throughout, but then it, like, gets this beat, and you're like, oh, if ever I'm at a club again, I need this to play. And I, I there's so much I want to say about White Lotus season two, but it's not done yet. So I'm going to wait until the season's done to make it my giving you moments. But guys, if you're not watching it, I implore you. You're going to love it. It's the most beautiful scenery. It is the most beautiful cast. The storylines are solid. And I am so invested. I don't know where we're going, but I'm nervous. I'm excited. I'm scared. I have a lot of emotion around it. So I would recommend everyone checking it out. Well, and you're stuck inside with COVID, so you can just continue to watch those episodes on loop, girl. (laughs) Exactly. That's the plan. I am so happy for you. There was also another question from Michael who says, I would love to know if any TV theme songs inspired you in your younger years. Magic School Bus theme was my song and was written by Lionel Richie. Um, The the TV theme song that really jumped out at me from the get-go was the theme song from the TV show The Torkelsons. It is oh. so gorgeous and beautiful. <laughs> and it's like, wow. it, starts off, it starts off with people say, God looks out for the working man. Sure hope he's <laughs> looking out for me. These empty pockets need a helping hand. Ah, it's great. It's a, it's a great, like slightly country, soft, 
uh, uh, adult contemporary moments with a nice uh, with a light gospel choir in the background at the end. It's a great theme song, and I want to say my brother sang it for his middle school musical auditions, like every All year. All right, <laughs> like that's, that's what cool. He would do. Yeah, so that's like the first uh, TV theme song that popped in my head when I saw that question. Well, yeah, I don't. The only one that really comes to mind for me was the step by step theme song. Like that's the only one that I could like sing back to you right now. Um, but I felt like all everything in like TJF had a good theme song like that. I'm sure Full House's theme song was good. I don't know. I I was never super obsessed with any theme song. I don't think. Uh, but step by step oh. is the closest. And of course, how could I forget the iconic theme song? Whatever it takes. Uh uh uh. Uh, uh, I know I can make it through. I know. Oh, oh. What is that? Matt Palmer. Please. I know you have never seen an episode of Degrassi in your life. Oh, but the fact okay. that you had to ask what the theme song was. <laughs> Why would like, I know that? Because everyone knows whatever it takes. Uh, uh, mm. uh. It's the classic. And in so many Degrassi episodes, it, in like lines of dialogue, they would throw in a character saying whatever it takes. And everyone <laughs> watching would go, yes, I can oh make it gosh. through. It's a brilliant, brilliant theme song. And I will never forgive seasons six and I believe seven uh, mm. eliminated the lyrics from it and just had like the background music of the song playing. And it's like, right. absolutely not. And then season eight, <laughs> they put it back in. Uh, thank right. God. But yeah, iconic theme song and really I, inspired me to know I that like whatever the, it takes, I can make it through. I like the OC theme, Phantom Planet, California, here we come. Josh Schwartz always did great stuff with Phantom Planet. I think they also had like a very important sync that I remember from uh, uh, Gossip Girl years later. Very good. And also, if we're talking current, the Married to Medicine theme song is so much better than it has any right to be. It's literally just like a robot <laughs> voice over a beat, like saying the doctor's names. It's just like Dr. Heavenly, Dr. Simone, Dr. Contessa. Quad, Mariah. <laughs> and I'm like, yes! <laughs> that sounds so insane. It's the best. I and will I show you. You're going to love it. I do, also, love it. I do also really like the Good Times theme song. Temporary mm. layoffs. Good times. It's really, really <laughs> great. You know what I was just thinking the other day? What TV mm. theme song I fucking hate. Oh, gosh. What was that? The Family Ties theme song. That, oh, I like, don't know it. Soft rock. The like, <laughs> what would we do, baby? Sha-na-na-na. Ugh. <laughs> What's so I, wrong with that? I hate, I hate that like soft pop sound. And the sha-na-na-na mm. at the end. I, like, bleh. I want to vomit. I really dislike wow. that theme song. Yeah. Okay. I did not uh, know we would come up with so many answers here. <laughs> I know. I didn't either. I didn't either. Um, how, wait, did you, do you have a feeling about the Friends theme song? Oh, it's a, a classic. It's iconic. It's a classic. And it's also was just, people don't remember, it was a hit song at the time. Like, it was like called the Friends theme, but like, I'll be there for you. Friends theme song in parentheses. I remember watching the video of the Rembrandts performing it on VH1. It was like on countdowns. It was a hit. It's a good song. Great song. It was, it was a hit. Should have gone number one, it was a guys. Hit. How do we get it to go one. number one? It was the hashtag beautiful of its time, as in it should have gone number one. <laughs> uh, so Matt Steele. Yes. What has been giving you moments, darling? Okay, so despite my cyst and uh, my horrible Santa Ana allergies, which they were mm. because it was not COVID. It probably mm-hmm. was, but whatever. <laughs> uh, 
I did have time to go to the cinema this week and I saw a great movie called She Said, which is all about the two journalists who uh, uncovered all of the women's stories about Harvey Weinstein and the Weinstein Company that propelled the Me Too movement. It's about uh, the two reporters, Megan Toohey and Jody Cantor, are their names. Mm. Uh, and it's all about their just like investigative process, uh, like going from woman to woman. And the women range from like actresses and and pro- and producers and like assistants and and people who were like no longer working in the industry. I, I loved how it went to all of these different women, not just the famous ones and and everything. And it's really, really compelling, really, really interesting because I have to say, I don't know. I know like, you know, everything that happened with the overallness of the Harvey Weinstein Me Too movement and everything, but I didn't know Mm -hmm. the specific details really of what was going on. Uh, And so like learning about that was really interesting. I loved how Ashley Judd was in the movie playing herself. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, and it really like did a nice job at blending the two these two reporters two worlds of like both their personal lives because uh, one of the li- women I believe it was Megan Tui had recently had a baby prior to this and was dealing with postpartum depression and like the writing and the research of this article is what like brought her out of that and uh, and it, it did a really good job at marrying the two worlds of like the job and the home and like what it means to like be a woman who you know works and is dedicated to your job, but also has, you know, their personal life that they have to Mm. juggle. Um, And I really, it's, if you know, you love movies like Spotlight or All the President's Men. I, and I loved, another thing I loved about it was how sort of like, it dealt with so many different women and each woman's section was kind of like its own island. It would like touch Mm. on it for a little bit and then it would leave and go on to a different woman, uh, except there was one woman who uh, was sort of seen throughout, uh, which was very interesting. She had a really nice arc, and she was kind of the impetus as the one who would be the one to say, like, I'm going to go on the record, which, of course, allowed them to be able to publish the article because such a huge problem they were having, which is just, like, crazy to me, is, like, how so many women, like, were eager to tell their stories to, you know, reporters privately, but they weren't willing to go on the record because of, you know, mm. whatever NDAs they signed or they didn't right. want their lives ruined, their careers ruined. Um, and so it was so interesting how, you know, and, and obviously I understand this is for uh, reasons in journalism, um, but still it's just like these people are telling these journalists their information that they have that is so damning against Harvey Weinstein, but the fact that they're not willing to go on the record is what is prohibiting this article from being released and how Mm. frustrating like that must be as a reporter. Um, you know, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I'm, and I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see knives out, which in a, an hour or an hour and a half. Oh shit. I didn't realize it was already out. Yeah. Well, it's only in theaters for like a week. Oh, and then yeah. it's going to Netflix? And then it's going to Netflix. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm excited to watch it. I'm very yeah. excited for that Knives Out Glass Onion moment. Yeah, so I'm excited to see Angela Lansbury and Stephen Sondheim in their apparent cameos. Oh, <laughs> excited for that as well. Yeah, so everyone uh, check out She Said. It's really, really interesting, really uh, uh thought-provoking and emotional it's kind of like because the thing with spotlight was how sort of like cold and journalistic it was Mm. and this is a little more 
cathartic, I would say. Okay. Like there's a little more catharsis uh, to it, I think because of uh, the subject matter and how it was something so recent. And another thing that was like kind of hard to watch is like it dealt so much with the election of Donald Trump and what that was like in the news cycle. And just like watching movies where that is a plot line is like so triggering to to me because I'm just like, like even though like it feels like yesterday, I watch like when I saw bombshell in 2019, I remember watching it and being like, Whoa, like even though this, you know, was just a couple years ago, this really was a moment in this really was a historical Mm. moment that was so, wild and crazy and just like seeing that on film is just like ah i don't know how i feel watching this back because i remember it so vividly it's awful yeah no i um in rewatching this is us which is my giving me moments i realize it's not timely but again i've been locked inside (laughs) since thursday uh they made some reference to donald trump beating hillary like in a joke like in an aside and i was like "Mm mm-mm Still too soon. Like, I'm still upset about that. So let's yeah. not discuss it. Yeah. Um, but yes, for, yes, my giving me moments is This Is Us. <laughs> because it's been off the air for like six months. But I felt like, okay, so I'm locked in that room, essentially thinking, okay, what shows can I watch or rewatch that Jackson will have no interest in wanting to see? And This Is Us is top of mind. He thinks it's cheesy. He thinks the monologues are bad. Whatever. I love every second of it. And I had forgotten... So many things that like come out in the first season that they like tie up the loose ends at the end of the show. I also forgot how quickly Mandy Moore's character gets like punched in the face with this news that comes out about Randall and how she knew about uh, Randall's birth father so early on. I don't know. It just was like we hit the ground running with that show. And is it a perfect show? No. It does get to be a little overwrought. There are definitely lots of monologues and a lot of feelings and emotions. But man, if I'm not emotionally invested in every single one of those people, except for Kevin, (laughs) who I think is mostly an asshole, and... I I said this on the Discord, but in rewatching, I did feel a little bad for him because Milo and Mandy have their favorite kids. Mandy's favorite kid is Randall, played by Sterling K. Brown as an adult. And then uh, Milo's favorite kid is Kate, played by Chrissy Metz as an adult. And so Kevin, who's played by uh, Justin Hartley as an adult, you know, it must be tough to be in a family in which you are neither parent's favorite and it's so obvious. So yes, I will give him that. He also was dealing with substance abuse issues. Yes, I will give him that. But man, he could be so cruel to those siblings. He could be so cruel to fucking Sterling K. Brown, Randall. Like he just, I don't know. He just makes me a little sick. (laughs) But the fact that I'm still so invested, so like the fact that I'm rewatching the show like six years after it started and still so invested, I just got to, which by the way, we'll let you know how much I've been powering through these. I just got to when the house burns down, spoiler, (laughs) but it's been, uh, you know, seven years. You should have seen it. Uh, this was the episode that played right after the Super Bowl. It was like the one of the biggest, most watched um, episodes of television in the 2010s. And it's so beautifully done. It's so well done. You know, because you're jumping from, you know, the future to the past throughout the entire show that Milo Ventimiglia's character, Jack, is going to die at some point. And you are given little breadcrumbs dropping like, oh, the house go- the house is on fire at a point. Oh, they got this crock pot from like old people next door and it was old when they got it. So it's like they're giving you hints as to what happens and it's like, ooh, Kate doesn't want to get a dog because Milo ran back in to get that dog. And I feel like I must have said this on the show when this first happened. 
he shouldn't have gotten the fucking dog. <laughs> like he'd still be alive if you let. And it's like all his kids were outside. His wife was outside. I get Kate wanted the dog and they had already set up like, oh, Milo can never say no to Kate. Anything she wants, he'll do for her. He didn't have to do that. <laughs> he did not have to do that. He would Listen, have still been with us. <laughs> I'm sure the dog was very thankful. I'm sure. But was the family thankful when the parent was gone? No. But, you know, I I'm just, sure they still had some nice times with that dog in the years that followed. <laughs> I don't know. If ever I saw that dog again, I, you know what I'd be thinking? is like, it's your fault. Listen, <laughs> you did this. If you would come outside, we wouldn't be in this fucking scenario. Listen, listen, I, well, you know what I wish got saved also? Me off the cutting room floor of <laughs> Damn This Is Us, okay? I wish some editor or some director or some producer or something was like, you know what, that scene with that cute little redhead who played the, the <laughs> hair salon manager? Yeah, you know how we cut that out of the episode? Let's rewatch that. Let's splice that back in. You know, right. I wish I got saved out of the burning house of that episode, okay? But I, I didn't. So I bet... I, so, I wish I was that dog being saved. I did note when it came up, when the scene came up, I was like, I think this is where Matt Steele would be. And I feel, and I was right. So you were missed. I thought of you. And they sent you some nice shit after that. that. You got like a nice letter about that. That producer sent me a handwritten letter being like, I just want to let you know you were cut from the episode, but you made everyone laugh and Aww. all this. And I was so that was honestly like better than being in the episode, like getting that letter. Like that was the nicest, like that letter made me feel so good. So it was thank, lovely. So uh, this is us producers. I'm just kidding. I love you. You're very <laughs> wonderful people. <laughs> oh my God. I so, would love yeah, to work wonder- with you again. Thank you. Hey, I wonder how long into this show, like, am I going to, finish this show like once I'm out of quarantine am I just gonna keep watching I mean I'm in that I'm reinvested I want to see what happens and I keep watching as if like what I know happens won't happen I'm like I think Jack might get out this time (laughs) like your brain tricks you into thinking that things will turn out differently and they don't I love how you're using this time to just like watch something you already know. Like how many times have I told you to watch Big Brother season six? Oh come on. How many times have I told you to to watch Come From Away? I am a person who loves comfort food, and there's nothing that's more comfort fooding. When I am in dire straits, I am COVID positive, and the comfort food, I need to watch something I know so I can like feel like a warm hug with it. I, I'm not ready to be surprised by new events. Did you watch okay? episode, any uh, old episodes of Two Game Ats? No. <laughs> Sometimes that I'll would've... just like, I just like get bored and I'm like, I'm going to watch an episode from six years ago. And I just wow. like scroll through and I close my eyes and I just click something and I watch <laughs> it and I'm just like, what the hell are we doing? Like my hair is a mess. There is no yeah. lighting. Wow. And I look know at the us now. Look at us now. Look at our <laughs> setup. I have a microphone that's literally on. I'll show you my setup. It's literally on a stack of Carol Channing's autobiography, uh, Hillary Clinton's What Happened, and a DVD of Devo's available now. Available now. That's because we work. We work. We improve. We grow. I think that's a beautiful thing. (laughs) Look at that. Who knows where we're going to be a year from now, 10 years from now. Hopefully back in the same room. (laughs) That's the hope. (laughs) (laughs) We won't have to be quarantining anymore. Exactly. So Matt Steele, is there anything else you want to tell the people? Uh, I would just like to apologize to the people for giving Matt Palmer COVID. 
<laughs> because they, but but I I think we still gave them a, a very entertaining episode. I think so. I think yeah. so. I feel like for COVID taken into account, this episode was solid, and I appreciate solid. The, the solidity. <laughs> Six years from now, when I close my eyes and click and land on this episode, I'm gonna rewatch yes. and go, ah, those were the days. Those were the days. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening or watching. And uh, we hope to see or hear from you next week for Two Gay Mats, the podcast. Bye. Bye. <laughs>